Well, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. Um, this is Pastor Matt. I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. Pastor Todd. Good morning. And Pastor Bonnie. Hey, guys. And I uh, wanted to open up with this. I opened, I, I preached yesterday at church, and I opened up with my social media background, being that I kind of am behind the scenes running the church accounts and stuff. So I talked about Instagram and stuff. I wanted to ask you guys, what's your social media background? When did you join Instagram or get a Snapchat or dare I even say the words MySpace. <laughs> Did you have one of those? What, what What's your story? What? Zanga, bro. Can't, We're not talking about Zanga. We're not talking about anything, bro. That was precursor to MySpace, but that's only that's yeah, only, that's for the, that up before. That's yeah. That's only for that the is. elites. Okay. I'm can you, I'm not can you be a Christian and have had MySpace? Because from what I understand, that was the devil's playground. <laughs> mm. It's funny because I kind of feel like, yeah, like if you're a Christian and you have MySpace now, yeah, what are you doing? Even now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, does anybody have a MySpace anymore? <laughs> I did. I had a MySpace um, when Justin Timberlake uh, purchased it and tried to turn it into just like a music platform. Um, but then he was like, I think somewhere along the lines it became like oh we're gonna charge you i'm like for my space you bugging so uh I, I think he basically tried to revitalize it shortly after doing um what was the movie he was in with um jesse eisenberg um oh uh wait social network is that what it was yes where he, he plays he plays um what is, sean Par uh yes, sean parker that's right. is that what yeah, it is yeah, yeah. so good movie. it was right after that movie i think he was like yo this guy mark zuckerberg and his crew made a lot of money maybe i should revitalize oh, so he bought my it so he bought oh, myspace wow. yeah, it's and too I late it was to already old and dead at that yeah. point it, yeah it was I mean, already it yeah. actually it actually yeah. he got a few thousand people to jump on board because of his name you, you know what i mean like they were like sure, oh yeah. justin timberlake did this and so people jumped on it but then they were like wait this yeah. is not eh, i don't know and then i think he kind of faded back into obscurity so yeah, yeah. Mm. aol instant messenger mm. count oh, as yep. social media taking it back yeah, yeah. that was that like was my introduction yeah <laughs> in high school <laughs> see now that was like evil for me in high school yeah. or middle school high school oh well you don't know who's on the other end of well, that chat you don't know who you're talking to yeah and we weren't i vaguely remember not being allowed to have it in my house but i also vaguely remember going over to friends houses and using it the truth comes out <laughs> <laughs> there's a but lot of stickiness that know. goes into <laughs> some of these uh early uh media social media things for people so i don't want to out anybody but i do know that myspace and facebook were 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 not highly looked upon uh in certain christian circles <laughs> yeah. i i didn't tell my parents like i got it in high school so i got so many invites to it i think that's when it was kind of newer and then my parents found out they're like whoa you never told us about this i'm like i know and then it was like a week later they i think they were like oh i guess it's not a big deal so whatever according to facebook i think my facebook history started 11 years ago because that's when i would have friended my first people which are my husband and my sister and according to facebook that was today 11 years ago so oh, wow. happy facebook birthday thanks facebook birthday i think i think mm. i don't really remember but i think that's when it started that makes sense 11 years ago 2009 yeah, yeah that so sounds that would like be around, right around, around. Mm -hmm. i think me too i think probably 2009 yeah well now i gotta Maybe look and see if i can figure out when mm. i started <laughs> mm. nice mm. well uh, i got a snapchat in youth group because um all the students were on snapchat at the time and i had really thought about it like a lot of research and stuff but i decided to get one it was good 
but now I'm not on it at all. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, I never check. No, I don't even do it. Sometimes they still snap me. I'm just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so. Word. Yeah. I, um. So yeah, I think um. 2008-2007 Yes, it was definitely 2008-2007 Because at the time Smallville was still kind of like a thing And I remember um, I remember um, I don't know wh- how this happened But my first Facebook profile picture Was Lana Lang And I was <laughs> like, that was it And I was like, I was like Lana Lang I am your Clark Kent But uh, yeah, that was uh, years and years and years ago they don't even people don't even talk about Smallville anymore. So yeah, well, they don't. Yeah, that, as I was about to say, that's how you know yeah. it's super long time ago. Uh, what, one of the first, one of the only times I ever changed my profile picture to something that like wasn't really me was uh, when like these set photos released uh, leaked of the Dark Knight Rises, and it was Batman in the snow like punching this guy on like the steps in New York, oh, and I yeah. was like, this is the coolest thing ever, <laughs> yeah. and I made that my picture. But there you go. Mm-hmm. Facebook memories pop up for me and I look back at like the comments and stuff and that how I didn't like like anything or respond to anything and I'm like what was I doing back in back in those years like like I don't know I didn't I, didn't, I, I think because I did I didn't have a smartphone so I wasn't it wasn't in my front of my face so the only time I ever checked it was on the computer yeah so well and you couldn't like, like things the way you do now like the, the options were more limited oh okay yeah. so you may not have been able to maybe then. I wasn't right yeah. it kind of started out that liking it was all you could do right now yeah. you can do the hearts and the right all the, the care emoji that's new yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah before yeah. it was either and everyone's like, I wish there was an unlike button. Yeah, well, they don't. You just unlike it. <laughs> right, or no, dislike. I do like the care emoji, though, because sometimes somebody posts something emotional or heartbreaking, and you want to support them, but you feel weird liking it, which I don't think they would feel weird, but you right. feel strange. So like, now hey, that, I broke I my ankle today. You're like, yeah. like it. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, right. I saw, like I saw it. Check. Yeah, it means that I saw it. <laughs> right, 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 right. I heard you. Yeah, no. So the care is a good I'm still waiting for the emoji with the like throw up mouth to be added to the line, oh. like the gross emoji <laughs> that really emoji, needs to yeah. be <laughs> in the line of reaction. I don't know. Does it? We post a church service. <laughs> Six people might throw up. <laughs> Just to uh, say, listen, though, there's been angry faces down there. Yeah, true. <laughs> when we were doing the online services and I'd be watching every once in a while, man, angry faces yeah, would pop I up. Have, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what, are you angry we, with what he's saying? Are you angry devil? about his being like? Mm-hmm. What are you angry about? Or are you accidentally hitting a button? Because what he just said was kind of good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. It, it's you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of. Uh, uh, uh oh, sorry. I hate doing this. I hate like I hate doing this. It reminds me of when people say amen. Mm. In the wrong place, like mm. I, am, mm. I, 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 it and with me, man. killed Abel. Amen. I, I get so, I get, I, it yeah. really messes with me. I'm yeah. like, don't amen that. Like, mm. don't do that. They're like, the devil is alive and well. Amen. I'm like, no. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, want to yeah, yeah. celebrate yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's why weird. are you yeah. amening right now? Stop. Like, yeah. but that's mm. the thing. Like, people, like what you said. You said, oh, the like means I saw it. Mm. you're you know there's an inference almost of hey this is what i mean by my like or you know and somebody says oh amen this is what i mean by this amen right here and so sometimes i'm just like yeah please please no amen the things that drew up (laughs) satan you know like that's it it may mean like oh truth or like i hear you pastor yeah like keep going but i'm with you though i totally and in my brain like you could 100 percent just be like 
speak that or you know or you're, yeah, come yeah, on yeah, like you can easily right, choose right, yeah, a right. Different but, word. but when amen means like let it be yeah. <laughs> like mm, uh, yeah nope. i get nervous yeah, that's like, why we close out our prison amen let this be true yes yeah, yeah. yes let it be right so yep. okay sorry <laughs> i didn't want to do that i was like oh no it's too late he came all right, well, let's uh, let's talk about the sermon for a little bit. And again, you guys, uh, we talked before, wh- wherever you guys want to go with this, because being that I preach, sometimes it's like any question I think of, I have an instant answer because I'm like, oh, well, I think I said this in the sermon. So you, let's take it where you guys think, but we're in uh, week three of a series. You're not the boss of me. I think it's been a great series so far. How to say no to the emotions that compete for control. So last week, Pastor Jeff talked about guilt, and this week we talked about envy or jealousy and uh, that um, passage in Matthew 15 where Jesus talks about it's how you treat someone else. Um, it's not what you eat. It's how you speak to someone else that um, God cares about, the words that you use. And so we talked about, um, well, well, I opened up at social media, talked about how we can compete and compare with other people mm-hmm. around us. And um, so, again, I'm just kind of, you guys take this where we want to take this. Um, but... I just put here, like, why why can we be motivated by envy and jealousy? Um, why is that a motivation for us? Or, like, can it ever be a good motivation? Like, you know, does that mean that we don't get stuff done if that is our motivation? Can you accomplish great things? Just kind of what are some of your thoughts on that competing and comparing with others? Yeah, so this was, I was actually thinking about this this morning, about social media and when you brought it up, how we compete and compare against others. And I was actually thinking how... I, a lot of times, when memories pop up on my social media, I get envious and jealous of myself, my past self. Past Bonnie. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, when I see these things pop up, and, and, it, and you know, they, they pop up on, like, like, the fun things seem, the most fun things seem to pop up on the most mundane days, yeah. where I'm just like, oh, man, I wish I was back there doing that, or I wish I had that much, you know, I wish I felt like I had that much motivation like I did back then now, you know, or, like, yeah. whatever, you know, and, and I find myself getting jealous of my past. Well, <laughs> so, I just but, really so excited in that, to do that. Yeah, so in that yeah, sense, sure. like, it does motivate me a little bit, because at least like I'm like, all right, look, look at what I, look at what I accomplished. Look, look at what I did. Look at what quarantine barista did yes. with her quarantine oh time. Yeah. You're gonna be upset come next year. For about a upset. good three months, you're gonna look back on those memories <laughs> and be like, look at quarantine barista doing her thing. I, I even find myself like thinking back on it now. Now that things are like getting back to the new normal or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, man, like. I was baking bread every week. And I was <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why don't I have this motivation right now? Like, <laughs> no, no, I can see. I, I, I understand what you're saying because it's definitely. Yeah, I think we could feel the same way a little bit too. Like, um, you know, as things have now kind of shifted back to kind of being at work and out of the house. Like, mm-hmm. my wife is like, oh man. When you were at home, we were like eating different. Like there was like whole meals. Like you know, like now it's like uh, chips. You know, like or yeah. uh, cereal. Like you know, yeah. and it's like oh yeah, because we're kind of back into a routine of being like on the go, on the right. move. Yeah. Uh, so it does kind of feel a little bit different in yeah. that regard. So yeah, yeah a little I jealous know. there. I know. Yeah. yeah. I a uh, different kind of vein. I'm talking about the comparison. I think when you compare yourself to others, you end up always misjudging yourself mm. like when you compare yourself to others you either come out on as both better ends. as better than or as not as good as mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I really don't think that either one of those tends to be the accurate view. Mm-hmm. Because even when we compare ourselves to others, we're simply comparing ourselves to visual optics right. a lot yeah. of times. It's not, we're not comparing it to the work they put in to get there. Mm. We're not comparing it into how long it took them to get there. Yeah. Or we're not talking the costs they had for that. and, and Or even um, whether or not somebody else is really good at that. We only, we're only looking at what they present, you know? So, um, I think when we compare, it really does do ourselves, not that I'm like self-helpy here, but when we do compare ourselves to others, it really does do ourselves a disservice because then we don't see ourselves accurately. And then mm-hmm. like, well, here's all the stuff I could be doing if I wasn't busy comparing myself to how somebody else does it. Mm. Yeah. Or here's all the things that like I should be doing. But because I compare myself as being better than somebody else, I'm not doing it, mm. you know, or, or, you know, so I think comparison is dangerous on both sides, mm-hmm. on both sides of that. And it, I think it also takes away from what God has actually done in me and mm. the way he's gifted me, you know. So that's a really great point. And then I want to bring this up. Someone talked to me after the sermon and said, well, you said we shouldn't compete and compare. What about comparing ourselves? to Jesus or what about we had talked about, you know, spiritual mentors in your life. Hopefully it may be a pastor or pastor at your church, you know, but also other people as well who are not pastors, spiritual people in your life. Should you be comparing yourself to them, you know, from what you're saying and stuff? What are your thoughts on that? My first thought is if you're comparing yourself to Jesus and you're doing okay, I don't think you compared <laughs> yourself to Jesus because <laughs> uh, when I compare myself to Jesus, I, I'm like, you disgusting worm. <laughs> you know, I really don't measure that great. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe a better idea than comparing yourself to Jesus is looking more of how can I grow to be more like him. Uh, and, and like comparing, I don't know. I yeah, guess I think, I think you would have to kind of know what the the intention behind the way that they were asking that question is, because I, I understand where you're where you're kind of going. Pastor Pastor Todd, you're you're saying, well, listen, don't compare yourself to Jesus in this regards. But, you know, try to think of, you know, um, who God wants you to become. But someone who might have asked that question could probably still see that as well. Isn't that still just comparison? Yeah. I think if I, we're talking, and I think it's a little bit some of the heart behind it too right so i think it's the manner of which in which we define maybe comparison Mm. right and so if you're talking about um growing in regards to who god has called you to be as opposed to growing in regards to be like someone else then yeah then you shouldn't be um quote-unquote comparing in that regards Mm. Uh, but you should be growing into who god has called you to be um and ultimately you should be trusting in god because scripture tells us that he is the one who shapes and molds us into the image of jesus christ so trusting in god to be the one to shape and to mold um rather than comparing is probably the answer i think maybe just switching out those words would probably help to have that person see it in a better scope and a better perspective. It's, it's not about comparing yourself to Jesus. It's about trusting God to mold you into who Mm -hmm. he's called you to be. I mean, and I think part of the heart of the question was like, I explained it back this way, like, well, we want to be Christ like, right? So I should be looking at the life of Christ, measuring myself up against it. That is a comparison. But I said, what, what I said to the person was like, well, that's also why I used the, phrase uh compete and compare that Mm -hmm. we shouldn't be looking at jesus and saying yeah oh i'm doing really great or or wow i 
I'm, I'll never be as good as Jesus, and now we can't change at all. It's We're not competing with Jesus. We are looking at our lives to say, how can I be more like how Jesus was? But yeah, uh, I don't know. So, right. So, right. Inspired, like inspired, inspired or motivated. Yes. And that's, I think, where yeah. you're coming from with that original yes. question is like, can we be motivated mm-hmm. by envy? And I'm I don't know. I'm nervous about being motivated by things that the Bible calls sinful. Like, I just feel like anytime you try to do that, you're 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 going to you're going to plant and reap something that is not it's not the fruit that God would have you to, right. to plant and reap. So, uh, you know, I, I'll say it like, like this, can you be motivated by those things? Yes, you can be motivated by those things. Should you be motivated by those things? Mm. Probably not. I, th- I was going to say that I think the outcome of being motivated maybe by envy would be, um, not outcome, but, but, necessar- but the, um, the intention when you're motivated by envy is more of like a, like a, self-seeking attention mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean like you're you're more your motive you have a self motive versus um versus maybe looking to somebody else as an inspiration or um you know a some somebody to motivate you you know like oh man i i would love to to reach for that goal you know li- like they are um but in order to be christ-like and out of a motivation of like not that I'm seeking anything for myself, but I'm seeking to be more like Christ, mm-hmm. you know. So like, what's your intention behind it? What's your you know what's the underlying cause? Like, I think if you're yeah, just I envious know. and jealous and you want to self promote, then that's where it comes from an evil place. Mm-hmm. And I and I think like practically speaking, when you're envious and you're running after something that somebody else has, like let's say you finally do reach that point, there's always going to be somebody else who has more than you. Yeah. There's always going to be somebody else who maybe is a better basketball player than you, a better musician than you. Never better and than me in basketball. <laughs> 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 well, there's never anybody who isn't better than me in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> but but like the I guess my point is is that especially when it falls into the idea of comparing and how you're doing or whatever, there's always going to be people who maybe are better than us mm-hmm. or have more than us or are smarter than us. And that doesn't that shouldn't make us feel like, well, what I have is not a value. But if you're chasing after what somebody else has, there's always going to be somebody else who has more. So that really falls into like the phrase you used, like chasing the wind. Right. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you'll never arrive there because once you get there, then all of a sudden you realize, well, there's more to be had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I or somebody smarter than me. So I got to be smarter than them now. Or Right. Yeah. So I, I, we actually um, I think it was. Um, two or three weeks ago we did the the speed the light give day push and um we we're talking i was talking with the students it was the wednesday after the the give day and i was just trying to encourage them because i think some kids were like oh well i didn't give this much or i didn't give this much and i was like guys god has given a measure of grace to each and every one of us it's not for us to compare that measure of grace it's for us to be faithful to that measure of grace mm-hmm. yeah, and really allowing good. god to to take what he's given us and multiply it you know the kid with the five loaves of two fish he brought what he had and god did a miracle and when you're comparing you're actually robbing god of Mm. the opportunity to show who he is Mm. through the measure of grace that he's given you Mm. so i was trying to encourage them in that way and i think a couple kids walked away saying oh so like what i gave like coming from this level is is that is that enough i'm like what did god tell you what did god place Mm. in your heart to give well, he told me to give that. Mm-hmm. Then you were faithful with that. Yeah. And God is going to honor that. And that's and that's kind of the, I guess, the 
foundation or like perspective I tried to give them in that. And I think that that applies to, to this when we're talking about envy. We get caught up in the measure of grace God has given this person, given this person, given this person. And we're like, well, how come I'm not as dot, dot, dot as this person? That's kind of whack. I want to dot, dot, mm. dot like this person. And, and all the while, like, I mean, Pastor Matt unpacks this, we're missing out on what God has put in our hands and, and, and missing out on, on doing what God has told us to do with what, we, what he's already given us. Right. Um, and sometimes that is the greatest testimony that we can have mm. is to show people um, the va- like the, the v- how the abundance that God has with the little that we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And <coughs> everything you guys bring up is good. I think of uh, Pastor Jamal, you said it just a few minutes ago about like um, what you harvest of that, if you're motivated by envy. And I think back again, you just said this in an earlier podcast, like months back now, but about how your that fruit can be tainted. So right. that always has stuck with me now. So I can do things motivated um, from things that may be sinful motivations, like you said, but the fruit of that will now be ta- tainted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what's the motivation? Is mm-hmm. it, um, I hope they notice me. And maybe here's an example that isn't personal, but so, but it will make sense. I think it's relatable to everybody. I feel like as a church, we struggle with that sometimes, or you have to think about that line. Let's just say that there was a service project or something, you know, we, we, uh, or say the Kelsey project or any of those things, mm-hmm. you know, the tension is always like, do we, post on social media like when i went to the hospital i'm like do i get take a picture with the healthcare workers and stuff because that kind of seems like i'm doing it for or our church is doing it for an envious reason hey notice what we have done but the heart behind it is actually not for that reason the heart is we want to celebrate this so it gets repeated in our church we want to model this for our community Mm -hmm. but it can be so easily about look what our church has done look what we've done aren't we so much better and so i think um you know, it, it's it's attention in that sense. It, you got to be asking the question, what's the motivation? Hey, have we been posting a lot lately? Maybe we don't need to post about this one. Yeah. And I think it's I would like to just kind of highlight. I think it's important to make sure that. I think it's important to even in that highlight the fact that people can even still try to ho- hide behind the celebration mm. and like and still say, oh, no, we're just trying to celebrate that. Dot, dot, dot. Well, no. Oh, oh and I you're, agree. You're 100 yes. percent yes. trying to be seen. And I think that's that, what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So like I, what I, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I'm just p- pushing a little deeper on someone who may say, yeah, yeah, yeah that's all I'm doing. I'm celebrating. No. Oh, like, no. you know, like, yeah. like no, you're, no. you're you want to be seen like. um, So I think that. And it's tough when you live or you live when you. Yeah, when we operate as a church in a kind of consumer based society, there is Mm -hmm. almost sometimes a level of expectation of people even within the church. They want to know where their money is going. They want to know that they've invested into something. They want to see the return on their investments. I'll never forget having a conversation. It was me and another youth leader. We were having conversations with someone else about. Uh, a situation that we were walking through as a youth ministry and they were like well don't you want to see this happen and I and I and me and the other youth leader we were on the same page and I just looked at her and she her and I were just kind of like we just that uncommunicated you know what I'm saying uncommunicated yeah, yeah. we were both on the same page and I was just like no we we actually genuinely we we don't care we we trust god to get the increase no mm-hmm. matter what mm-hmm. and i think sometimes there are people who are like well but, but wait like don't like we want to see this stuff. We want to da da da, because like, what if we're the first ones? Da da da. And I'm, I was like, that right there is the reason why 
We yeah. don't like you, yeah. you. It's not about being the first one. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, God gets the increase. So whether or not, you know, if he cho- he chooses to elevate that platform and be like, hey, look at what, you know, First Assembly of God did. And so be it. Great. But if you're laboring, I think you use the word toiling. If you're toiling mm-hmm. uh, to be seen, uh, mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're probably it's it's your heart probably needs to have some sort of a check on it. Mm. And that's good what you say about it's about being faithful with what you have, where you are. And, mm. and we went there in the sermon as well. So, <clears throat> and so I said there's uh, no win in comparison, right? Solomon says envy rots the bones. It can be the ugliest part of us. There's no positive side, really. And um, I thought maybe we, maybe we could ask this. I talked about how we can almost celebrate other people's failures no one at all would word it that way and it may be so instantaneous and you try to correct that thought so quickly but is it possible like wh- why do we sometimes maybe when we see someone fail or see someone experience something bad we, we can feel if if other people feel this way mm. i mean i put myself mm-hmm. <laughs> but sorry like, Matt, it, sorry pastor Matt, yeah. you're the only yeah. person who oh, ever right. does I'm this ever in that. life I'm and, sorry. And, and so this makes you actually a more horrible person <laughs> than i do you see what i did there do you see what i did there um no yeah 100 percent. yeah you, you i think when you see <clears throat> when you see people lose you start to feel like ah well look i'm not so yeah. i'm not so bad yeah. I'm, you, I'm not i'm not i'm not a total you know poop face i don't know yeah. i don't know, like but you know <laughs> like i'm, I'm a little like bit better than sinner. right 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 you know where a lot of times i think we actually do that and we easily dismiss it is when we're like well i told you i told you so mm. i i told them they shouldn't do that oh, and yeah. then they fail and then we're like see i was right i'm better <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like that's sometimes the way that we justify it being like well i, I you know i i told them they shouldn't do that and now look what happened but in, uh, inside we're kind of like like I, I, I'm glad you failed because I told you not to do that, yeah, and, that and now I feel right. better. And uh, I, yeah, yes, you know, yeah. see, I am smarter. Yes, you know, know what I'm talking about. So it's still, so it is in that moment. It becomes about you. You say, and may, there, let's be honest. There's still maybe a part that you care about that person, mm-hmm. your child, your friend. You do care about them, which is why you said, "Hey, if you do this, you're going to mess up." But it, but that envy, that self-centeredness part where, well, see, look, I told you, yeah. I told you so, I'm right, I'm right. better, I'm smart, and me, me, like, mm-hmm. not instead yeah. of, wow, you're now going through this, you're experiencing this now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but sometimes they just deserve it, you know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, to- I'm totally kidding. Well, Oof. unless we're talking about myself and my wife is watching me, you know, fail miserably, she'd say, oh, yeah, he absolutely deserved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, well, I was going to say, well, I think a lot of these things well especially envy too like comes from a place of the fact that we quantify sin like we mm-hmm. we quantify yes. you know failures there's levels to it like well you know thank god i didn't you know i'm not a sinner like that or that you know whatever um not realizing that the sin in you is just as grave as the sin in that person and yeah. and though you may not show an outward failure you know, to others in like this moment, like they are right. Um, in that moment, you're failing worse before God because you are thinking that way about the other person. And in a sense, your sin is just as grave in that moment. But we don't we quantify those things by yes. visual, you know. Yeah. And visual optics again. The and optics. It comes, and yep. plus, too, when you're looking at somebody else and being like, oh, look at where they succeed or where they fail. Like you're not acknowledging your own areas where you need work. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. Like, 
maybe I need work to get more money so I can have those things, but we're not acknowledging, well, maybe money has become an idol to you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Or we're not acknowledging, okay, but there's a lot more to life than just that thing. And look over here where either you're gifted and not using it or where, where your heart is really straying away, or maybe, maybe that person failed in that area. But while you're looking at that, you're not noticing your own bitterness about that, or you're not noticing your own tendency for pride or your own tendency to send over here in this area uh, because you're hiding behind their failure type thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a good way to put it. Yeah. We quantify sin and then we, right. We're not looking at our own sin or failures. We can hide behind someone else's. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Jesus said, yo, take that plank out of your own eye, my guy. I'm pretty sure that's how he worded that. But um, (laughs) what I really appreciate actually about the, 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 the visual word picture that uh, Solomon gives here is that he's talking about something that is beneath the surface that is not always seen, Mm -hmm. right? It rots the bones. You can't (coughs) see the, 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 the degeneration going on underneath the surface and even more so the visual I get to is that it's eating away at the structure of who you are. Mm -hmm. So like it's breaking you down on, on, you know, this structural level and it's happening underneath the surface where only, you know, only very few people could see. And so, um, I just like that visual because sometimes I think going you know, to the idea of what you were saying, Pastor Bonnie, about quantifying our, you know, our sins, because these sins seem to be produce fruit on the surface. It's easy to be like, oh, look at that. You mm-hmm. lie all the time. Mm, can't believe that, you know, yeah. but I could secretly have this envy and never speak about it. Right. Um, and like what you were saying too, Pastor Matt, I could celebrate your losses even by feigning, you know, feigning compassion and being like, oh, my gosh, are you? No, yeah. this happened. I can't believe it. All the while on the inside, I'm like, you know, yeah. or whatever sinister, evil laugh you have mm-hmm. yeah. going on. No, that's good. Um, I was gonna say, I was just thinking too. Like as Christians, we, you know, especially if you've been a Christian for a while and stuff, we kind of get conditioned to this, um, f- like, this viewpoint of of, you know, well, as a Christian, I can't be selfish or self-centered so i'm always looking outward but then that can that can be a, a slippery slope because if you're always you know looking outward if you're always looking at other people and i think you bring this up later about how like you're always concerned about god's purpose in other people's lives and you're not concerned about the god's purpose in your own life um you know we're always looking outward we're always looking to others but in the wrong ways maybe and so we condition ourselves to never to never really look at ourselves in the light of truth and and never really see the sin in our own lives because we're always looking to quote unquote help others through their struggles, you know, <laughs> under the guise of like Christian charity yeah. instead of really seeing that, no, I'm just avoiding my own mm-hmm. uh, need for, s- for, you know, ridding the, th- the th- evil out of myself and the mm. sin out of myself because I'm trying to help somebody else towards, you know, God's goals for them. I wonder... I wonder if we, I wonder if when we have those moments of envy um if we actually allowed for the depth of what it is to play itself all the way out if we <clears throat> if we would take it a little bit more seriously you know what I mean cuz my thought is that envy is what you see between Cain and Abel you know early yeah. early on. like yeah. we're talking you know these are the first you know human beings you know on earth and and it's exactly what we're talking about. Here's, you know, K- 
Kane looking at what his brother has and he's like, well, hold up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then he makes the choice to not, I mean, well, there's even more layers too. like, he's like, I'm going to feign like I'm giving the best, but I'm not really giving the best, you know, and God is very direct with him. He's like, yo, like if you do good, won't you find these things as well? Like, and even think what he does instead of bettering himself or bettering his offering, he murders his brother, right. eliminates <laughs> the competition. Right. Right. Yeah, so and that's right. what we do. He, we do that. We eliminate the competition with our words, with our you know, yeah, like we do it with our words. We do it with our nonverbal. Like sometimes in the nonverbal cues, people throw envy, and you kill that. I say you kill that person, but you're you're taking shots at that person's spirit in their heart like by doing those things and i think that um i don't know i just thought of that story as an illustration to what is actually taking place um and you might even say in your heart well i would never go so far as to kill somebody Mm. i don't know man like this listen the sinful nature is a crazy thing like you know what i mean like but but you know what even you just back it up okay so maybe you would never go so far as killing somebody but uh, I'm pretty sure Jesus called out like even if you have, was it Raka? Raka, <laughs> he calls somebody your brother. Idiot, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that you might as well have killed him because mm-hmm. your heart is in that place, even yeah, though maybe true. physically you didn't carry it out. And that's just it, right? Like, that's the comparison now. Well, I wouldn't go so far to kill someone right. if there's envy in me. Well, it's not like it's all that bad, right? Because right. there are other people out there who are way worse than me. Right. My mm-hmm. level of envy is level level three like you know their <laughs> yeah, level yeah, of envy yeah, right. is <laughs> level 10 we right. yeah. 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 i'm not really jealous i'm just admiring <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or well, like or like i felt convicted because i always joke with um, melissa and eddie when they walk in and i'm like man you guys have rook again you know <laughs> like oh i gotta i, I was like a, i was a little convicted because i i do i look at their coffee cups as they walk into church with longing and envy but and you, you know i would call that like level two envy <laughs> level two. but <laughs> oh, oh m- listen you gotta be careful how you talk that you know quarantine barista gonna lose her sponsorship <laughs> no. from starbucks no. if you talk like that so we're gonna end this episode we're gonna uh, quantify levels of envy right, right, well, right. i think if you're here you're all right yeah, 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 yeah. if you're jealous of somebody's dunkin donuts well then you're in one <laughs> you're rook you're two starbucks then you're yeah. <laughs> you're 12 yeah <laughs> Well, all right, so let's go here. I said that envy isn't a problem to solve. It's a tension to manage, and I think it's maybe true of many of the emotions in the series, but let's talk about it for a second. I wanted to talk about why I think that's an important distinction, see what you guys think. I have some thoughts on that, but I know Pastor Jamal brought up, too, maybe the phrasing of that maybe can let you off the hook, and maybe if you want to talk about what you mean by that, because I think we're on the same page as to what we're trying to say mm-hmm. and i can explain why to me this makes sense to mm-hmm. say envy's a pro- not a problem to solve it's a tension to manage right. but you brought up a really good point of well how you can take that a different way to let yourself off the hook like what were some of those thoughts yeah so i think when when you say envy isn't a problem to solve it's a tension to manage i think it kind of moves a little bit like not saying that this is what your intention is or how or that you would even preach this way but i think just the phrasing moves the scope a little bit off of the gospel because um when you say it's attention to manage now it kind of feels as if oh well i can kind of manage this i can find a way to maintain a level of quote-unquote envy that is acceptable when 
you know, Ephesians talks about rid yourself of these things, rid yourself of all malice, jealousy, uh, you know, hatred, envy. Um, and then the phrasing may say, you know, someone who may look at that phrasing and say, well, okay, well, look, at least like what we've been saying actually throughout this whole podcast, it's not this level or it's not this bad, mm. but I like it. I would like it if the, if the tension kind of just sat more on the fact that like, no, you, there's actually no possible way for you to manage your sin. Yeah. It is flat out something we all have to be delivered from by the blood of Jesus and the grace and mercy of our father. That to me is mm -hmm. like, when you say it like that, it makes the, I would think, cause I'm, I'm just being honest. I think a lot of us do this, but I'll just put myself out there. I think sometimes when we hear things or hear sermons or hear messages, our natural sinful inclination is to find a way to yes. wiggle mm -hmm. out of yeah. the weight of what's being said. Oh, right. Here's how this doesn't really apply to me. Yeah, because like, like, I, uh, and, I wish yeah. so-and-so was here I to hear that. I wish so-and-so was <laughs> yeah. here to hear this. Man. If oh, Phyllis, this if Phyllis was here, if yeah. she was here to hear this message, you <laughs> yeah. know what? Mm. Phyllis would probably get saved. You know, I <laughs> like I, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm just saying. This is, this is kind of sometimes what we do. And yeah. I think that when you say manage, it gives a little bit of release because I'm like, OK, well, so you're saying that there's something that I can do about this right. when in reality there is nothing I can do about any of my sinful nature. It is yeah. the work of God. Full stop. I So and so you're totally right. I, I would say the thinking behind using that phraseology is that idea, I, I mean, if the series is like Jesus is saying, don't simply monitor your behavior, monitor your heart, allow him to be working in you. And I, I mean, I think I said this, but like I'm coming against the mentality of like, I gave it to God 30 years ago. Mm. And so I never have to do it. And I don't, I will no longer. So even like, actually, it's kind of the same thing. We're thinking the same thing, but taking it two different ways. Mm. Like you're basically saying, or, or no, I'll put it. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that I w I want you to take ownership of your sin. I think by saying, "Oh, it's a problem to solve." I solved that problem. I gave it to Christ one time. Mm -hmm. Now I don't have ownership. Next time I experience envy, or or whatever. And so to me, by saying, "Well, it's not a problem to solve. It's a tension to manage," is you may have to deal with this multiple times. And I feel like I've experienced that in my life in different areas, not simply with this. Mm -hmm but in different areas. And so that was the idea there. And I would agree um, absolutely what you're saying about in and of ourselves, we can't do it. And, and again, uh, it's, it's tough when you preach because you no, think about yeah. all the words you used. Yes. I'm like, yes. You know, you had, th that's, I think part of what I said is like, um, you need to admit this, this is in you. Cause as long as I don't admit now, I'm not taking ownership, but if I can admit and agree with Jesus that this is in me, now I can, now he can start to work in my heart. So that was the idea going on there. Right. But you're right in like, in what you're bringing up. Cause about I feel like you don't have to take ownership if you view it this way. Cause I feel like that's just what, like I'm thinking about <laughs> like a perfect example. Actually, we were just having a conversation at the end when service was over, we're in the back and Derek Matthews is telling the story about <laughs> growing up. And he's yeah. like, I learned that if there wasn't this tension, I could get away with it. Yes. Th and that is sinful nature. Like, yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. that to me is like, yeah, you got to press up against that every single day of the week in any way, shape or form that you can, because that's what we're always trying to do is find a way to, to, to wiggle out. And so, you know, 
yes, I do believe that we're saying the same thing. I just feel like when you phrase it differently, that makes it a total dependency upon Jesus. I feel like you're, that's, I feel like that's what people need. We need that weight. Like if, if, if I feel just the slightest bit, like I can kind of like, all right, well maybe like, I well, feel like that's and, when and we again, get in trouble. We're thinking the same thing. We're we're taking it into like you're saying you could wiggle out of the weight of the sermon and the weight of this topic and how God wants to deal with this in my life because oh I simply have to manage it. So there's a a level that I can maintain there. I was thinking I don't want you to wiggle out of it because you said yes, I needed to depend on Jesus and I did. And mm-hmm. I remember a time that I did that. And so I again, we we obviously agree and I'm thinking I'm trying to accomplish the same thing, but but again, to your point, the phraseology right. and deliver because I think even you, Pastor Bonnie, said too. You said, you know, well, and uh, and you just said it too, Pastor Matt. There are times that you like you this issue, an issue will pop back up in your life, mm-hmm. and you have to go back to Jesus and say, "Hey, um, here's this thing that I, I brought before you before. Yeah, um, it's back, and I <laughs> <laughs> and I." And I and I get that, but I I think that's the part of this, the gospel that I love is you are totally helpless. Mm-hmm. It's gonna keep popping itself back up until Jesus completes the finished work. When we're you know like, um, in regards to us being you know uh, in heaven with you know uh, completely transformed like new beings and not dealing with this issue like this, but like it is. I think we call it, I think the phrase we have for it is the uh, progressive sanctification uh, is the way that we use it. And so seeing that progress take place as I continuously, you know, bring it before the Lord and continuously, I think I tell my students all the time, I'm like, listen, you confess, you repent and repeat, you know, like you keep bringing it before the Lord and saying, God, you know, this is this thing work, work in me, God, um, help me to trust you more instead of how, what do I need to do more? Cause that to me is, not the gospel like anytime we say you have to do this more i think we get a little it gets a little wonky so i just yeah that's just my my thoughts on that and i think progressive sanctification that aspect comes where okay maybe i struggled with this every day but as i've been repenting of this thing laying down to jesus hey maybe my progress is i'm dealing with it once a week now Mm. or maybe the progress is when it comes up i'm quicker to repent right you sure. know what I mean? Okay. You know, I'm quicker to bring it before God instead of instead of trying to wrestle with it on my own or whatever. And so or or maybe instead of it being five days of me struggling with this, I brought it to the Lord. And now it's like two days, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's important to acknowledge that it, stuff does tend to pop up again and again. But there can be progress on that through what Jesus is working out in our hearts. Like like we don't have to be like, well. I'm always going to struggle with it, so why bother? But you know and that's I mean? and that's and even but that's right. So to me, when people get to the point of like, oh, so I'm always going to struggle with this. I feel like I'm one step closer to like, oh, shrugging your shoulders. No, no, no. I feel like oh. I'm one step closer to like, yeah, like like you're about to discover the truth. You're about to discover the answer. Like a complete, total dependency on the Holy Spirit yeah. to do a, to, to and, and His work in my life to be transformed. Yes. Absolutely. Like, yeah. so what are you saying, Pastor Jamal? You're saying like, I have no other choice in this fight. No, you don't. You have no other choice. It's Jesus, Jesus alone. And I love just so much of the language Jesus uses throughout scriptures 
I think I've brought this up before, but this is like so like perfect for right now in this moment. John chapter 14, where Jesus is talking about um, his disciples and he said, or he's talking to his disciples is he's about to leave. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. He's talking about remaining in the father, remaining in me for I am the true vine. This is uh, where that, you know, kind of like that whole pocket of stuff is taking place. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And then he immediately says, and I will ask my father and he will send the helper. Mm-hmm. It's like, he knows he's like, I know you're going to struggle with mm. this. In fact, I even I think today I read a verse for our, um, for our novation Instagram, where we're talking about from Hebrews, um, you know, um, talking about the word of God is sharper than any double edged sword. And, and what I kind of have, I don't know, I guess revelation today was the verses that followed those 12 and 13 talk about the fact it says, therefore we have a high priest Mm -hmm. who is able to identify Mm -hmm. with our weaknesses. And then the verses go on to say, and we can now approach the throne of what grace Grace. Mm -hmm. and find what mercy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is why I, so like (laughs) in my, my yeah, yeah. So like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, man, like, we find grace and mercy as we approach the throne of grace because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in us to completely transform us. And yes, you're going to continuously bring some of this stuff before the Lord Mm. because he's working in you. And I feel like when they get to that point, when anybody gets to that point where they're like, look at the scope of the Bible, the scope of the gospel, and they say, so you're saying it's really God from top to bottom? Mm. Yes, I feel like you're way closer to living in accordance to what the Bible and the gospel calls for you as a believer than anything else. And so I wanted to ask, like, then how 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 could we encourage somebody who wants to live this way now? I don't want to say that I'm off the hook with this. Right. Like we're saying, um, like in your example, Pastor Todd was really good. Oh, maybe now it's only two days a week that I really Mm -hmm. have these thoughts or struggle with this issue. What you could do is let yourself off the hook. Well, I guess that's better than it used to be. So how do you not let yourself off the hook in that sense? But what does it look like? And I feel like your example really touched on it, Pastor Todd. What would it look like for me to have this and now be bringing it to God and being transformed, knowing it's not my ability? Again, and I guess in my mind, I'm trying to put feet to things that we say. It's all God. Okay, so I I just pray and and I hope mm. it's not there or Mm-mm. or what what, it, what how do I make that happen or how does God make that happen in me? Right, because the other thing is we don't want to be like, well, God has to do it, so I'm not even going to try. Right, right. Which that's people exactly can do that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not at all God's heart. Like, right. that's who I am. God, if you want me changed, you got to do it. I guess you got to make me stop. Right. You know, I think lying. it's <laughs> right. <laughs> I think you got to stop lying. That's exactly stop. I promise thinking, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I I really think what it comes down to is, I think there's an aspect of where. There's dependency upon God, knowing our limitations. I can't, I can't change my heart, but that doesn't. Like I need Jesus to be at work in me to transform my heart, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that when I see ugly stuff in my heart, I don't give it attention and address it. Right. Like some people can be like, "Well, then God's just got to do it, so I'm not going to try." It, it means mm-hmm. like when I see envy come up in my life, I need to take that to God right away. Yeah. 
and I need to instead of excusing it instead of excusing it and being because like because I said I once gave it to God so right. I don't have ownership or excusing it like well I used to envy more and this is a tolerable mm-hmm. right. amount in yeah. my life right yeah. right now yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. then it's it comes down to comparison again yeah you know like right. who I am now is better than who I used to be and that's good enough right but it is like well Jesus is calling me into deeper and deeper obe- obedience and so there is effort on my behalf to right. obey but not effort in the fact that like i earn this right it's this sin has come temptation is here am i gonna flee am i gonna repent quickly am i gonna bring this thing to jesus and then within that and we encounter jesus and we encounter his mercy and we encounter the fact that jesus like gives us strength mm-hmm. to to withstand and withhold and we can I mean, not that we suffer all that much when we say no to temptation, but sometimes it feels like that, like yeah. we're suffering, that Jesus brings us through that. And then that's when transformation happens. And when we acknowledge, even talking about envy, when we acknowledge the goodness that God has done for us, mm-hmm. like, like, um, hey, maybe I'm not gifted like them. Maybe I don't have the money then, but look at all the things God has done in my life or done for me. And so... I really am blessed because God really is good to me. And you acknowledge those things. Then you begin to realize, well, if God is good to me and God is good to them, then I don't need to be jealous of what they have because God is being good to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and understanding that maybe it looks different, but it's not a lesser goodness, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I think those things begin to change us. Um, But I think for like, well, you know, I, 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 I'm better than I was a week ago or better than I am a month ago or a year ago and just settle for that. Then I think we get in trouble. Yeah. I was going to say dealing with it. I mean, I think, I think managing, you know, like we're throwing around the, like, is that good terminology or not? I think managing in the sense of dealing with it, of recognizing it. I mean, I mean, if when you think of manager, you think of, okay, there's an, there's an owner above us, right? So God is the owner, God is the authority, and we are stewards of all that he's given us. And so if we are now under his authority, we are now managers, I would say, of, of the temple that God has given us, of the person that God's, you know, put us in charge of. And we are, we are called to deal with the sin in our lives and not to ignore it. Um, but when we think of sin like envy, like guilt, like anger, like those are feelings. And can we control our feelings? Like, can we can we control? Can we manage like when those things pop up? No, sometimes they just pop up out of the blue. But then what does the Bible call us to do? Take every thought captive. It, those feelings more times than not, unless our filters down, um, more times than not, they, they begin as a thought. Right. So take every thought captive. And and then it comes to the point where, you know. Sometimes that, you know, you find yourself just exhausted by constantly taking those thoughts captive. And only can you do that really by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do that in your own flesh because if you're if you're in your flesh, you're not even going to filter those thoughts. It's only really by the Holy Spirit convicting and prompting and saying, oh, this feeling's cropping up. This is not good. Or this this thought's coming and this is not of God that you can take that captive and rid yourself of it and manage that. Um, But it's going to be exhausting. And I wonder if. You know, sometimes I wonder, like, is there ever a point where we can just be so totally consumed by the spirit of God day by day that we don't even have have to have those those sinful feelings and those sinful things crop up? Like, is 
you know, can God just completely overtake us to the point where like we can get to a point where progression, like and where it's not, you know, just a couple times a week or it's not even once a week, but like we are truly rid of that, you know, for good. So my mind immediately goes to Ephesians again, where Paul is arguing for an identity kind of like perspective. And he Mm -hmm. says, listen, this is who you are in Christ. And Mm -hmm. because of that, you no longer need to dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. And I think if we as believers really took to task this, what he's hammering in Ephesians about our identity being in Christ, I think even he goes so far as to saying, you know, rest in Christ. Mm -hmm. That's where you're going to find your rest. Yes, it's absolutely exhausting. But I can rest my I could allow for my identity to be rooted in Christ and I could take rest in the fact that I am in Christ. And now kind of shifting back a little bit to what Pastor Todd was saying, like my motivations are different. Mm. My motivations for because I think the question that you asked, Pastor Matt, is like, so now how do I do this? If your motivation to not envy or not have any of these emotions is so that you can be a better Christian like self-improvement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Self-improvement. Mm-hmm. You're going to fail. It's mm-hmm. I mean, like you're going to, and you're going to be even that much more. There's going to be a vacuum and even of that emotion. Is chasing the wind. Yeah. How much yeah. better. Yeah. Like, right. So, but <laughs> if, right. but if I'm motivated by love, mm. you know, n- you know, because I love the Lord, mm. now mm. you, now I think again, now you're stepping even closer to what it means yeah. to like be walking, you know, in step with the spirit, like I'm motivated by the love, my love for Jesus, his love for me to now respond to envy, respond to um, guilt and shame and respond to all of these different things uh, differently than maybe I have before in, in the pa- in the past. And and from that, I, I learned to walk a life of freedom, you know, because mm. whom the sun sets free is free indeed, man. Mm. And then when I'm walking in this freedom, I'm motivated by the love of Jesus to now go back and teach others the same. And so now we're making disciples in my Mm. mind. At that point, you're hitting a great, a phenomenal stride of like creating disciples because now you're teaching them what it means to have an identity rooted in Christ, motivated by the love of God, motivated by the, your, your, your love for Jesus Mm. uh, and allowing that to be your response to these Mm. things. And so in that regards, I, I just feel like, those to me are some of the things that help you to have a maybe a different perspective of how to de- deal deal with and manage these emotions. I'm using some of the fr- that phrasing, um, and I guess the idea that I'm thinking of is is surrender. Mm. You know, surrendering to the work of Christ, surrendering. You know to, what? That's a really good word. You so know, so not to cut you off. Keep going. So yeah, yeah. And so surrendering to the work of Christ, surrendering to, um, you know the love of God because the love of God I allows for me to now be identified as something different. I'm not just a screw up. I'm his son because there's passages of scripture that absolutely blow me away where God is speaking about countries. And he talks, I think it's Ephraim at one point. He's like, look at where Ephraim is. And it's like not in a good place. And God says, even though I keep sending these things towards Ephraim, um, towards this country, because of who they are, he then says immediately after, I think it's Jeremiah, I, I have to look it up later, but he says, my heart longs for him. Mm. It's never shifted mm. from how he feels about them. His love, my heart longs for them. I long for them. That's my son. I want him back with me. That mm. never shifts, never changes. And so we see that in the Old Testament 
now with Jesus on the scene, you can best believe that's just being kind of just even more elevated that even in the midst of what you're going through and the, you know, the emotions that you're struggling with, there is a love from the father that identifies you as his and yeah. he will still right offer you this grace and mercy. And when you're when that love hits you, you're motivated to, to say, you know what, like what you're saying, Pastor Todd, it maybe was once a day, but now it's, you know, maybe it's once a week mm-hmm. because my it's my I'm growing in deeper yeah. love yeah. Um, with Jesus. Mm. Uh, and the other thing, too, about like <clears throat> just talking about this that came to mind is. Uh, like so when we do get to that point where sometimes we're like, well, we were better than what we were, so I'm just trying my best. And uh, I love kind of like some of the monkey wrenches we get thrown in here with Scripture because in Hebrews, uh, what chapter is this? Chapter 12, verse 4 says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. <laughs> <laughs> so when, oh, so when we think we think we're so much, oh, we're so much better than what we used to be. I'm done. I'm kind of like I'm. I'm happy. I've I've arrived. I'm comfortable with the fact that now maybe I only struggle with envy, or I only struggle with, uh, for guys, I only struggle with pornography like yeah. once a month, or once every couple of months, or whatever. Yeah, but have you struggled against your own sin to the point where you've shed your own blood? Mm. No? Well, then keep keep, <laughs> keep striving. Keep no? striving oh, okay, because <laughs> Jesus has more. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? And so I think that's a, uh, um, maybe a good measure. I, I know it's a little off what we were just talking yeah. about, but I think yeah. it's the idea of that. Like, We have to constantly strive to make ourselves more obedient to Christ, to surrender more to Christ, to, to, to depend upon him more and never be comfortable with where we're at will we ever be at that place where maybe a sin is doesn't hold sway over us maybe mm. you know where the, a particular sin has lost some of its grip on us and i think maybe it's possible we we'll grow and, and and stuff like that but will we ever be free from the struggle of sin in our own heart our hearts have ways of just finding new stuff for does, us to struggle with. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Thing. Oh, you're That's doing good, good over here? Did you notice me over here? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so. Right. Never even knew I but had I, that. So that idea of sinless perfection here on earth, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't necessarily know. Because as far as I'm concerned with me, like, I can always grow more in, in my faith. I can always grow more in my obedience. I can always grow more in my spiritual maturity, you know, and I, I don't, I don't think I've ever met somebody on the face of this planet who I was like, wow, like they've really reached that point mm-hmm. where like, there's nothing left they for don't Jesus have to, to work do. On yeah. There's nothing left for Jesus to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, I think it's Oswald Chambers or somebody that says, I think, I think it was him that said something to the effect of like, if you ever get to the point where you, where you don't, where you don't ask yourself you know, in essence, like, is that me? Like when, when conviction comes up or when, when some, when a topic is brought up, you know, of, of sin, like if when you, whenever you get to the point where you don't ask yourself, like, is that me, God? Like is, is something, you know, of that in me, if you're not asking that question, then you're not in a good place. Like, like oh, to always be, to always be at a, at a place where you're, your heart is open before the Lord and you're willing to be examined and you're willing to be molded and shaped in, in any way and, and grow deeper you know, in that vein, um, is important. Cause if, when you become content with, with who you are, like where you are, that's, that's a dangerous thing because then there's a lot of yeah, underlying exactly. thing that's coming brooding. And that's what I wanted to say as well. Kind of from what we're all saying, like I've known several people, I'm thinking more of my college years, which is where you're going to talk like this, but 
the idea of, well, if I can go from second one to second two without committing a sin, I can go five seconds. I can go Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. I can go a day. I can go a week. Man, it's actually been like three weeks since the last time I sinned. It's been really nice. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that mentality is definitely a wrong mentality. And like from what you just said, Pastor Bonnie, that's can be because I'm being content with myself. It is self-centered about, oh, I don't have to work on myself. It's also, and that's why I love that word you said, surrender also. It's like Mm -hmm. um, uh, the reason I'm moving away towards sin is because of my love for God, not, uh, and because I've surrendered to him, which is why I'm sinning less. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'm sinning less. It may be in an area because um, of my love for God, not because, oh, I've, I've arrived. I've achieved it. And I, how long can you go without sinning? I don't even think that's the right question. <laughs> I think that's just a wrong question. But can we, like back to your original question, Pastor Bonnie, can we experience moments where maybe, wow, I don't even have to give this thought to God. I'm so much in, in, in that place. I don't place even have those thoughts anymore. I don't have those yeah. thoughts. I think m- maybe theoretically, I think we can experience that in pockets, in windows, mm. maybe in a service, maybe a time God spoke through you. Absolutely. And in those moments, maybe we see a picture of heaven, what it will be like to not struggle anymore and to not to not become a robot, but to not struggle with sin. And it's beautiful. But we don't want to deceive ourselves that uh, I can. uh, It's actually already how I'm living. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) And then your kids walk in the room and that totally ruins everything. (laughs) And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, (laughs) you make me so mad, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, so. Yeah, I, I I think it's a challenge. I think there needs to be hope in the fact that Jesus can work in us and transform us. Mm-hmm. But then I think there also needs to be an acceptance of the fact that sometimes we are going to struggle with this thing and always have to bring it back to Jesus over and over again. And and it's 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 like uh, it, it's it's almost like a balancing act mm-hmm. of not being so like, well, I'm a complete failure, or I've completely arrived. You know, of understanding recognizing where Jesus is working in our lives and being grateful for it, but then also recognizing, yeah, but I do have much further to go, you know. And I, I would think maybe that's a good way to end it as well. Like I think, um, I've been thinking about this, a lot of what we talk about I think depends on context, right? That is it. So what is your personality where are you at? You, and and th- you have to look at yourself if you're saying, oh, well, I don't, I don't know. This doesn't apply to me. Well, mm-hmm. you're not doing it right. Apply it to yourself. Where am I at with this sin issue? Where am I at with my personality? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Am I at the place where maybe I need to be um, uh, not looking at others, not comparing other people? I need to say, man, I can be jealous of people. Am I at a place where um, I need to be more inspired by Jesus? Am I in a place where I'm constantly judging myself for failing? Where am I? Where am I now? What am I prone to? And then take these words that we've talked about, take the words of scripture and apply it to myself where it makes sense. So, um, even if you're just at the place of envying somebody else's coffee on Sunday morning, you know, uh, that's something uh, in your heart that you have to do. Somebody deal with. quick, get Pastor Bonnie a <laughs> cup of real coffee on Sunday. Come no, on. No, no. Come She's through. crying. Come for through, somebody. Come it, through. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, this Sunday. I just really miss Rook. <laughs> Is there even is there a rook around here? Yeah, right in. Uh, yeah, they're, right. but they're only Chipotle. doing mobile orders um, yeah. through the app, so it's not like you're just walking in order anymore. Yeah, what are we doing after this? Uh-uh. Yeah, let's go. The first step <laughs> is to get the app. See, that's what you got to do. Uh, come yeah. on. I have it. But. See, oh, come on! <laughs> wow. Oh, so she's just she's just so, she's 
playing on the fringes of her envy. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm more envious of you know the fact that I just can't go on a whim on a Sunday morning because you know my I'm question, busier. My question is, is, is the Rook app next to the Starbucks app on your phone? No, actually, it's not even on my. It's 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 in a it's like in my app like menu, but it's not on the like. She has it in a hidden folder. The hider in the shape. Well, because yeah, priority Starbucks. It's, it's gonna be Starbucks first page. and Dunkin' Donuts are right there, but yeah, but the Rook is a once in a while. You she know? just looks at the app longingly. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm always up for a once in a while. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. opens yeah. the Starbucks app. It's only listen. It's only this one time. Don't worry about it. I'm just gonna quit, get this coffee from Rook one time. Yeah. And then that's you, it. You know you're still my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still number one. Gotta be loyal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Hey, well, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>